Okay, so before we get started, it is two weeks till the first two ever weeks. Space Jam Continuum live show. It's going to be amazing. We're going to be trying to weave Who Framed Roger Rabbit into this hellish cinematic universe that we've created over the last year or so. Uh, it is on June the 13th at 7 o'clock at the Pavilion in Reading, and we'll be showing the film. They're doing a, li- a live episode of the podcast. Yeah. And you can get involved, come have a chat. Share some theories and queries and really, you know, get in amongst it. For £3 as well. It is £3 a ticket. Yeah, you can get tickets from the Nags Head uh, across the bar directly from us. You get a nice physical ticket, which is real cool. And that's directly opposite the venue. Otherwise, uh, you can get them at kaiju.fm slash live. So uh, head over there, get yourself a ticket. Come on down, get involved. That's on June 13th, 7 o'clock at the Pavilion in Reading. It's £3. £3. Hello and welcome back to the Space Jam Continuum, the show where we try to make a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. I'm Chris McLennan. I'm Carl Noble. Has anything happened to you at all since last time, Cal? Well, I think I've got latex withdrawal. Oh. Yeah. So, basically, I took the big hands off and... Please leave them off. (laughs) But quite rapidly afterwards, I started feeling... A bit under the weather. I've been under the weather <laughs> since like last Tuesday. Yeah. So, that, so, so, so last Tuesday when we were recording, I was starting to feel a bit. Ugh. Yeah. And that was like, what, four days after I took their big hands off. And I've been feeling a bit rough ever since. Like not catastrophic. I mean, you were pretty bad the day the day after that podcast. though. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, 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 so the day the podcast went out, like, I had to take a day off work. I was like, oh, God, I, I can't move. And yeah, I think it's latex withdrawal. Well, I mean, fight not, through it. I'm going to have to. I'm just going to have to deal with it because I ain't, I ain't going back to the big hands, man. Not maybe just reg- maybe just normal gloves for a bit. What, like just marigolds? No, just like just gloves. All oh, right. I mean, I have got gloves, but I'm, it's too hot for gloves. <laughs> it was not too hot for giant latex hands. It was too hot for them, but, you know, I wasn't feeling ill then. It's good because you're, to- you're saying it was too hot for them. Like, you know, you're oh, talking was... in the past tense. That's good. That means yeah. you're, you're moving away from it. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's the time psych- to move on. Yeah, it, it's a physical withdrawal, not a psychological withdrawal. And you can finally start learning the banjo. Yes, which, <laughs> so, is, uh, which is going look on the bright well, side. I guess. <laughs> yeah, look on the bright side. You, you've, you've now got the dexterity to begin learning the banjo, <sighs> something that for 33 days you were without. Yeah, I couldn't do that. Let's watch some cartoons. I think that's a good idea. What we got? Um, well, we're starting with uh, Pepe Le Pew cameo, which so, in the past has normally meant like really brief. Yeah, sometimes n- not even that character. But yeah. I think this one it would have to be Pepe, wouldn't it? Fair and Wormer. Fair and Wormer from September twenty eighth, nineteen forty six. Bring on Pepe Le Pew cameo. Let's see what's about. <laughs> I have no guarantee that that was Pepe Le Pew. I have no guarantee, but he was doing that bouncy bounce that Pepe Le Pew does, though. Isn't that just a skunk thing? Nah. <laughs> just nah. Nah, it's a Pepe Le Pew thing. All right, but Pepe Le Pew, we're not going to learn anything about him from this. Uh, no, but I mean, that episode <clears throat> went largely as I expected it to, to be honest. Yeah, like, really not a lot to tell us. Uh, although, you know, there are a few little things. Like, yeah. So... You know, we we observed some of the issues of living in a world that can become entirely two-dimensional. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Especially if you all run into the same wall. If you all run into a wall, then, you you know, 
you, you get sort of a concertina sort of yeah hierarchy. so basically the episode revolved around uh a worm being chased by a bird who's being chased by a cat who's being chased by a dog who's been ch- chased by a dog catcher who's being chased by his wife until a mouse turned up yes which and is it- quite early and then she just ran around with the mouse yeah. so it was mainly the the first five it was just a chased episode and like, like, like the whole thing in in the most literal and linear way possible yeah. like it was always that order that's who they're chasing a skunk turned up maybe Pepe and they Pew, all ran they away. all ran away from that well the thing is, is like like we we know it's supposed to be Pepe Le Pew because it's mentioned as a cameo so again it could just be that the polls just true. went oh it's a skunk but also they hadn't they hadn't put skunks in before Pepe Le Pew no so Pepe Le Pew like... is the first first and only skunk we've seen Cause yeah, because ev- the other skunk wasn't a skunk, it was a cat. Oh, no, 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 there was the wife. Oh, yeah, it was his <clears throat> wife and his kids. Yeah. Did he have kids? He had kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course he had kids. Because that's when he was called, like, Michael or something. Yeah. <laughs> Michael? Yeah, I, I, I can't remember exactly. We're going to we're gonna have to go back and find that out, because that's the kind of information we should have to hand. Like yeah, that. just like, bang. Yeah, he definitely had a name. Like, I, f- I feel like not remembering Pepe Le Pew's real name is a failing well uh, th- th- but, th- but then we did question whether or not pepe le pew was his real name and the other name was like the one he was it's, just making like it's a possibility yeah. we don't we don't have enough information no we don't and we're not going to get it from that episode i mean it seems more likely to me that pepe le pew is his like you know is sort of casanova sort of name yeah his carousing name yeah <laughs> his carousing name uh yeah that episode didn't tell us very much like uh told us a bit about uh, the way worms live like yeah. apples are not just food they are their apartments yes like, yeah, so yeah. the whole episode revolves around the worm trying to get the apple yeah uh but then obviously the other rigmarole of the chase uh comes up uh and then at the end when he like they all get stuck down a hole and then the worm like uh pricks the ones who are on top of him with a pin and they all jump out yeah because they all jump down the hole because of pepe Le Pew. Uh, and then he comes out with the gas mask and just wanders past and goes and gets his apple. And the narrator, there wasn't a narrator until that point. That, that, that was end. the only point there was a narrator. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he turned up and said, do you really have to go through that every time you want something to eat? And he goes, oh, it's not food. It's the last furnished apartment in town. And he gets the apple and he opens it and there's a little outhouse apple. Yeah. And well. he comes out in like a little towel, doesn't he? Yeah. It's like, oh, right, okay. So like, I mean, I guess that's a fancy way for worms to live. Like, where do we think bookworms book? Um falls in the hierarchy of worm living well i mean because the thing is like he like he is a bookworm so like maybe bookworms yeah, get but, that because you know yeah but i want like is he a bookworm or is he a worm that lives in a book is he like is he a worm that lives in a book i don't know because then does that make the, like, go is from that a like being a to s- an apple worm yeah is that i think is, is that like being a squatter like or well, like, living in a book I, I reckon living in a book is probably quite fancy yeah, I thought because it might be like like quite <clears throat> heavily themed. Like, yeah, you, know, you 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 really know what you want to do with the place. Yeah, either or maybe like you know he got a job as a librarian and then yeah, so know, maybe that's just it, his accommodation it came with an at apartment. Work. Yeah. yeah, like it came with an apartment. Yeah, I guess that might be the case. I just wondered because like this one, he he made it out to sound you know pretty pretty nice. Like, yeah, it's the last furnished apartment in town, so like. It's like okay, it's already set up for you. It's ready to go. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it had a door, had windows, had an outhouse. Also, can because because of the way uh, books sort of manifest and like the creatures can come out of them and stuff like that. Like, there's there's something alive inside those things. Yeah. Can you furnish your apartment or change the nature of your apartment by simply writing a bit more in the book? Oh, that's a good point. If you annotate the margins. 
Yeah, can you give it a bit? Are you like, oh, I need a bit extra room, or I need like a windowsill. Yeah, then you then you find all the words that mean spacious, and you circle them. Yeah, you write and you write spacious in the margin. Yeah, yeah. It just goes boom, and you go, ah, oh, nice. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, but because I, I don't remember seeing any kind of uh, annotations in any of the books beforehand. But yeah, may, maybe but they were just happy with what they had. Maybe someone someone should tell Bookworm to give it a go because if anyone's going to do it, it's, it's going to be yeah. Bookworm. Yeah, yeah, because you know he's a bright lad. Yeah, I mean we haven't seen him you know, in a while. Yeah, but I reckon he's probably doing pretty well for himself. Well, I hope so. Sniffles is gone. Well, yeah, like like when you when you cut that tie in your life, yeah, you can, that, that's toxic people out of your yeah, life. Yeah, you can suddenly move on. One thing I did find quite interesting about this was when they all jumped down the hall to get away from um, Pepe Le Pew, the worm jumped down an existing hole. Then yeah. the bird jumped down and made a bird-shaped hole. The cat jumped down, made a cat-shaped hole. The dog jumped down, made a dog shape. And the dog catcher made a dog catcher-shaped hole. Yeah. When they came out, out the hole, yeah, I was going to bring it this. Ca- up. It came in in reverse order. So as soon as the, the dog catcher dog wasn't sh- in yeah. there, it was a dog-shaped yeah, hole. Yeah, exactly. And it just went whoop 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 whoop. So the, does the ground know what's going into it and accommodate the hole? For the creature that's going in. Like, so, my sort of assumption there was that the sort of, and we'd have to see it happen on just soil rather than on grass, but I looked at that and saw, like, basically the grass is a sort of membrane. Right. And you jump on it enough weight and you fall into the soil and it gets dragged down. Right, okay. But it's kind of springy and, like, under tension. Yeah. And then when you take that weight off it, it goes, boing. Oh, right, right. But, like... The problem I had with that was it worked for me up until the dog. Yeah. The dog catcher was definitely sort of smaller frame yeah. than the dog. Like yeah, yeah. taller, but... Yeah, because that, that's it. That, like, like the hole got smaller when the dog catcher went in, but just to fit his shape. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't really know, but like... It was, I, it's I, the first time think, we've seen that, though. I do think we're going to see a lot of similar things. And uh, we're, like, I, I mean, I think... Because Bugs has already started to raise these sorts of questions about yeah. just we have seen it in the walls. state of like terra firma and yeah, I, yeah, I, I think we're going to see a lot more of it. Uh, I think when uh, we get to Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner, yes. yeah, like they're going to have a lot to say about what the ground and walls are like. Well, that and uh, Acme products as well because that's because also they interesting because they, they ran into a wall. No, they didn't make a hole, but no. maybe that's because there was no pre-existing hole. Uh, well, I think I think that's largely because because there was a hole there already. You need a starting point. It's like it's like the new fivers, and you can't tear them unless they cut a bit, and then you're yeah. easy. To or you or when you drill a pilot hole, if you're going to be drilling yeah. something, you, you you put a, you put a little pilot hole in. Like <laughs> <laughs> any existing, so golf courses are just full of pilot holes for yeah, for, for antics. <laughs> yeah, for cartoon. But I mean, think about it. Golf courses would be perfect for that sort of cartoon, <laughs> wouldn't it? It's kind of like. Like I mean, as well, soon as that well hole came grass. up, like I did write rewrite the whole in my mind and thought it's a golf course. Yeah, yeah. there was nothing to say it was a golf course. But no. as soon as there was that pre-existing You're perfectly like, round oh, hole, I just like, need oh, a flag a golf in course. it. Yeah, it just needs a flag in it. Um, yeah, I mean, we we got a lot more out of that than we thought. Yeah, there I mean, go. yeah. Let's 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 take a look at uh, what we well, got now. We're definitely going to get a lot out of this one, I reckon. Now this, I'm <laughs> I can tell I'm going to enjoy this because it's uh, I really like the big sleep. Yeah, and this one's called the Big Snooze. The Big and it's Snooze. Bugs and Elmer, and uh, I'm really excited about it's it. It's the last cartoon. Because I think we're going to get some good noir action. Yeah, I think we probably are. Last cartoon directed by Bob Clampett. Wow. Goodbye, it's Robert. Sad. I wonder what he did wrong. Well, or, or did he do something right and did he go up slightly higher? I mean, 
Well, unless mean, Leon Schlesinger's gone, yeah, there's nowhere up to go. So we think. Well, we don't yeah. know. Yeah, I guess there's probably some sort of Mr. X character at the top. <laughs> yeah. Like for a Professor Evil. We don't know who's at the <laughs> like, top. We don't know how high this goes. Well, let's see if we can get any closer to knowing Did how Robert high Did Robert Clampett become president? Did Who he? knows? Let's uh, let's probably not find out <laughs> in The Big Snooze, which is a Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd number from October 5th, 1946. I really hope this is good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Right, so this for me has confirmed a suspicion that uh, I've had for a little while. Okay. Bugs isn't just tormenting Elmer. No, it Bugs doesn't is seem training to be. Elmer. Yeah. Like, okay. Is like he's like a like he's a protege. He knows he needs Elmer to be the best he can possibly be. Yeah. And so that's why at the start of this one, for instance, he chases Elmer. Uh, well, no, Elmer runs into a log chasing him. Bugs spins the log round so it's pointing off a cliff. Yeah. Uh, and Elmer runs off the cliff. He does the standard cartoon thing where he's like feeling around with his feet and he runs back into back into the log before he falls uh, and Bugs just spins it so he runs back out on the cliff. Yeah. And like he does this repeatedly and uh, in the end it stresses Elmer out to the extent where he just goes, I quit. I always get the worst in this rabbit. He snaps his gun, he rips up his contract from Mr. Warner. Yeah. And he leaves. And Bugs is like, no, you can't, you can't, you can't do this. And like, I, I think that was genuine for Bugs. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like Bugs knows he needs him. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, I've gone too far. Like, I need to sort this out. Now, the way he chooses to sort it out, <laughs> not ideal. Finding from another a, from way a, to torture him, yeah. From, from, a, from a, you know, a moral perspective. But, um, yeah, like, I, I, I think it's at the point where he's he's training Elmer up. He's more like a like a drill sergeant. Yeah. Um, so, in this episode, yeah, Elmer quits. And Bugs, well, he goes off to just have a relaxing time fishing instead. Um, he falls asleep. Yeah. Uh, presumably due to the sleeping pills. I presume Bugs did that to him. Because no. as soon as Elmer's asleep, Bugs goes, okay, let's see about this. And he gets sleeping pills out. He does, yeah. Bugs in his mouth and goes to sleep next to him. Now, we've explored the ideas of a shared dream state before. Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly the context, but I think this is the first time we've seen someone Actively, go into a dream state yeah. With the deliberate intention of altering someone else's dreams, Inception style. Yeah, and and you did see him actively invade. Yeah, the, so Bugs the, the falls asleep world. and uh, just dreams up him in a little boat. Yeah, the dream and, boat. Uh, you know, it's not the first time he's done it because he's got a little. He's like, someone's rocking my dream boat, <laughs> yeah. and he sails into Elmer's theme tune. like dream. Yeah, and uh, basically starts just trying to put the idea in his head that he needs to he needs to come back yes it's important yeah yeah um and yeah like in the in the dream he sort of just makes elmer's new lifestyle seem like a bad idea and then at some point he dresses him up as a woman and yeah has him chased has him chased by howling wolf men yeah from hollywood from hollywood and vine yeah um and yeah but then like it gets to the point where elmer's struggling to get away and bugs goes hey run like this and uh, does this absurd thing where he sort of runs and he's running upside down. Then he's Cossack dancing, yeah. he's, like bounding along like a bunny. And uh, Elmer does. mimics it immediately and follows him. Yeah. Uh, and they basically uh, get out of the dream. And Elmer wakes up and goes, huh, what a horrible dream. But Bugs has basically put the Bugs knows best 
yes. idea. Bugs yeah, helps yeah. me. Bugs is my friend. I see now. Yeah. It is my, and Elmer runs back and he puts his contract back together uh, and goes yeah. back in the log and they just carry on with the rigmarole that they were doing before. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I think Bugs is, rather than uh, being at loggerheads with Elmer at this point, like, he just wants to train Elmer up, make him well, the best it. of the best. Like, 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 it seems that Elmer's uh, contractually obliged to hunt bugs like he has a contract yeah in which he has to be hunting bugs or at least you know attempt to be hunting bugs to the point where but i think that's just the context quit. i think that's the context because i think they have to hide the fact that they're training up for space jam yeah from the aliens that have observed them that are observing them so so when you say they do like like do you mean bugs or do you think the agency are uh, the agency at this point are aware because bugs has told them that this is going to happen because the the agency won't know i think the agency are aware and do you think that information has come from bugs unfortunately they know that people are watching yeah and they need to hide the fact that that's what's happening yeah um so do you think that information came from bugs probably do you th- do you because think he's the only guaranteed he's the only guaranteed time traveler yeah that we have everybody else like we've not seen them travel through time no bugs is the only one that we've seen for yes. sure yeah yeah uh mr warner he's not been mentioned directly before but top of the list man but knowing like because i presume like bugs knows what's happening i think elmer knows like yeah. that he's being trained for something. So I don't know. I don't think Mr. Warner is the big man. I think Mr. Warner is entirely fictional. You think? I think Mr. Like that's because they know they're being watched. It's like look at the studio execs. They're, yeah, they're definitely the the minds behind this guys. And he rolls up the contract, and actually, it's nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's nothing to do with either of them. The Warner Brothers. Yeah, I think Warner Brothers. Like there's a there's a there's an inner circle there that's agency connected yeah but i actually think that uh mr warner is just running a studio doesn't know that that's going on within his studio yeah possibly so like so he does act a bit as a, a front, patsy but like he thinks he's just running a an animation studio yeah that's my feelings currently yeah no that, that, like that that sounds likely and, and and you know it is backed up by this episode like that, that theory is definitely backed up by this episode because there's very little way to make sense of you know the contract and you know why Bugs would be just so adamant yeah. to get Elmer back. Do you also think that you know when Bugs does the uh, oh you got me oh god and Elmer breaks down every time? Yeah. Do you think he's doing that until El- Elmer doesn't break down? What? So, 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 so he's, he's trying to desensitize him. He just doesn't. It's care. just like like that's the test. That's the test. Yeah, it's, it's like, like it's, no, you've got to you've got to be able to do this. Yeah, you've got to be ruthless, man. Like like if you if, if you're out, you're playing basketball. If you hurt an alien and it's like, oh god, I'm all injured. You can't just break down. You just got to keep going. Yeah, you got to keep going. Yeah, because <laughs> basketball <laughs> famously a heavy contact sport. Well, I mean, it is when you're against aliens. <laughs> Maybe it's true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, like, I think he's just trying to desensitize him. Yeah, you know, he just it, wants it, to harden him up. It's it, it it's kind of like going to war. You know, because the like, thing is, like Daffy doesn't need that treatment. Daffy's no. Daffy's hardy enough. Yeah, he does. So care. I think Daffy is taking on the Porky Pig aspect of that. Yeah, or at least will do. I don't think Daffy is directly involved yet. They've met Bugs, but I think Bugs is keeping it on the down low right now. Yeah, I think 
yeah, I don't, I don't think he's told Daffy and well, Porky. It, it, yeah, it's it's highly possible that he just doesn't need to yet because he knows he they're thinks, not going to take that much. Yeah, and like not as much as Elmer anyway. And yeah. like, and I think, I think he's taken on the responsibility of Elmer directly because of the Toon Lord connection. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the thing is, is Elmer's got a very big empty head, and it needs filling. <laughs> it needs with, filling with good basketball like, yeah. information. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like. Porky and Daffy, they, you know, they're already full and they, 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 they know their toon powers. They, they've they existed in the world and yeah. kind of know what's going on. Whereas yeah, Elmer's, Elmer's got a lot of barriers to get through. Yeah, and I think Bugs has taken a direct interest in Elmer. Not because Elmer's necessarily the most important, but just because he's the one who requires the most effort yeah. and has a potential to be the most helpful. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think that's the main take-home from this episode. There's one thing, and I think I'm going to leave it up to people listening, because yeah. I haven't really thought of it. No, this, this this was a very weird thing that I noticed um, quite near the end. Just as Elmer enters the shot uh, and starts putting his contract back together, Bug's mouth is moving. Yeah, he's he says saying something. something, but it's not audible. But he's definitely talking, and not to Elmer. He's also holding a pen. Does the does the does he give the does Elmer re-sign the contract or something? Maybe Bugs has changed the contract. We don't know, but he's holding a pen. I don't think he gives it to Elmer. I don't think no, Elmer resigns the contract because he'd already have signed the contract. Yeah, I'm 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 thinking he's he's possibly changed the contract and maybe he's voicing what's on the contract, but silently go. No, no, I did say it. Maybe, it's, but it, yeah, it's on film. Please, like. You know, watch the episode. If anyone can lip read, because I can't lip read. Yeah, if anyone can lip read animated tunes, <laughs> yeah. that'd be really helpful. Lip read Bugs Bunny. Uh, it's right near the end, just yeah. when Elmer returns to to Bugs and to the log off the cliff situation. Yeah, Bugs is standing there, like weirdly still, like just with a pen, and then he says something, and My, you don't hear it. I wonder if there's another version that we can get access to where. You know, maybe somebody's turned it up a little bit, and we can actually pick up the pick up the words. Who knows? But anyone listening, like, pay special attention. Uh, have a look, see. Uh, yeah, if anyone can like help last us out, five seconds. So I think that's like that's going to be this week's mystery for the listeners yeah. at home. Is what does Bugs say? And you know, if you think he has edited the contract, what do we think he's done there? Mm. Yeah. Shall we move on? I think I think it's a good idea. Um, so we're now on oh, Babbitt and Catstello. Babbitt and Catstello. Mice, Mice versions. versions. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I found these really annoying last time. What, the mice versions? Yeah, the mice ones really annoyed me, I think. I don't know. I, I, I thought it was okay. Were, because there was that, that constant screaming from Catstello. Yeah, that happened a lot. Babbitt! Yeah, it, it cuts through. Are you mouth. glad I did that? No. In the room with you? No. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. I won't. I won't. Let's do it again. let's watch. I might. That. I might do it. Again. Let's 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 watch this happen okay. for the next seven or whatever minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We're watching uh, the mousemerized cat. So it's like mesmerized, but instead mouse. of mes, it's got mouse with a hyphen. The mousemerized cat. It's a Babbitt and Catstello open brackets mice versions close brackets. They haven't switched animal. No, again. not yet. Uh, and it's from October nineteenth, nineteen forty-six. Let's get in amongst let's it. Let's do it. <laughs> So the Tooniverse contains one, if not two, of the most comprehensively and intuitively <laughs> written instructional manuals ever to be written. Yeah. 
How to Hypnotize, yeah. which has cropped up before. It has. And possibly How to Avoid Getting Hypnotized, whatever it's called. How to, how to Avoid Yeah, but, but, but that hypnosis. seemed like more of a physical defense yeah, than it was, than it was a mental up. defense because it didn't actually help um, him at all. Maybe it was just so engrossing. <laughs> well, yeah, possibly. Um, but yeah, like, like Babbitt has decided to take up hypnotism. Yeah, Stello. He's got the same book as Elmer had. Yeah, and developed the, the same eye zapping powers. Eye zapping powers. Yeah, yeah, and it seems to work immediately. Just having read the book, you go, "Okay, did I get everything right? Yep, got it right." Zap, <laughs> eye zaps, and you don't even really have to tell them what it is you want. I no, think you the just thought is telepathically. Yeah, sort of I do think it. the thought is transmitted through the eye beams. This book seems to be able to grow in size because at some point. Um, Castello is out chasing a cat who, and Castello now thinks he's a dog because of Babbitt. The cat realizes it's just a mouse, but then picks up the book that, um, Babbitt seems to have dropped and, and the book in a matter changes of in size. But also he reads, he reads like a, a page of it at most, like yeah, it's a couple of can seconds. Hi- and can hypnotize. So like, it's amazing. Ba- Babbitt, when he did it, he overlooked one minor detail. He did. And then sorted it out. Yeah, quickly. Yeah, so it's not just opening the book gives you the power. You've got you've got to read it, and there's like instant comprehension. Yeah, but so basically, he's trying to hypnotize uh, Catstello. Yeah, um, to chase away the much cat. to your joy because once he was hypnotized, he stopped going. Baby. Yeah, he just yapped like a dog. Yeah, yeah. So that was better. Small dog. Uh, but yeah, he's trying to hypnotize Catstello. Catstello to go and basically deal with the cat. Yeah, by I don't making understand him a why he didn't just hypnotize the cat, though. I mean, maybe he's not sure it works. Yeah, I mean, it does but work. But also, he'd be in danger there, and he's not in danger dealing with Catstello. Yeah, and he's quite true. happy to put Catstello in danger. We know that. Well, yeah, yeah, it does seem that way. Um, but yeah, like the book still changes in size, and this is weird. Like, Because it goes from being mouse-sized book to being cat-sized book. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if it's some sort of more sort of like magical tome that just gets passed around. Because like... Yeah. You, know, you know in Lord of the Rings where uh, the ring like shrinks to yes. yeah to yeah to match the size uh, of the... Isildur's size. You like you are you quite all right? No, is it the latex withdrawals? It's the, uh, latex. I've now got a tickly throat. <laughs> God. But yeah, I think it does that. I think the book has a will. Yeah, possibly. So it, it can. Oh God, I'm gonna have to go get a drink of water. Okay. <coughs> Go and do that. Yeah, I'll be back in a second. Right, I'm back. Yeah, you good? <clears throat> I think so. Well, I've got water now, so that's that's going to help. Um, okay, oh, this is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> <coughs> For fuck's sake, man! Sort yourself I, out. I'm trying. I am trying. But what can you do? You got to tickly throw it. And you can't stick your fingers down and scratch it. Give it a go. Nope, I'll vomit. <laughs> you don't need that. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. Um, yeah. So, like this. This book just seems to float around. Maybe it can just find the person who needs it, or, you know, maybe it's just a mischievous book. Yeah, but the question this raises for me is, who created this book? And, and it's who, Will. And who keeps delivering it to people? But I don't know. I think it just calls. Like the, I, I, I really think it's a, it's a, it's a one-ring type situation. Right, okay. So, so we need to work out who wrote this book then. Yeah, it's it's calling the people. We need to work out 
who's behind it, but I yeah. don't think the information we have here is going to tell us that. No, I, well, I mean, there's no author on the, on no. the front page. Which, like, like, I think is wise on the part of the author. Yeah. Because you're creating a villainous and, uh, like, incredibly powerful well, that's it. It, artifact. It, it, it's it's good to not sign it. It is. I, the thing is, it, it, as, as yet, it has not been used for good at any point. Even Castello at the end just got rid of the cat and Babbitt and then was reading the book How to Live Alone. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of instructional books about. And he, and he, yeah, they did. But like the, the last place we saw these instructional, like this vo- volumes up on volumes of instructional books was in, uh, it was a Claude episode with Claude and Bertie and whatever the other yeah. mouse is called. Hubie, something like that. Hubie and Bertie. Yeah. That sounds true to me. Yeah, no, it does. Uh, but they I'll... never say those names. That's no. the trouble. They're only on the list like that we but have. They could be called anything. The... Keith and Brian. The, I think the last time I really remember seeing this amount of instructional instructional books was uh, Sniffles' house. Oh, yeah. He had a lot of instructional books as well. Yeah, that's me right. Think maybe that. but then Sniffles a- is the author of How to Hypnotize. Possibly, although the ones in Sniffles' house, like, it was comically basic and he clearly made them himself in a sort of scrapbook style. <laughs> yeah, they just had pictures of him in it. So, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't like to... I, I really wouldn't like to settle on Sniffles as the as the uh, the mastermind behind this. Well, let, let, let me just paint the scene for now, you. Now, Bookworm. Uh, well, but he, he, he is... Because he, 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 he might have made those books for Sniffles instead as a last it, gift it is to possible, his deteriorating friend. Here's, here's the scene, right? Bookworm and Sniffles co-wrote this hypnotizing book realized how powerful it was and then unable to deal with the pressure sniffles becomes a raging alcoholic to the point where he literally just blanks his mind of it completely and just goes off do you think they just threw it away like kind of like jumanji they just threw it off a bridge or something (laughs) yeah and then bookworm retires back to his bookstore because he's like no i i I can't deal with this so he just goes off into retirement sniffles becomes a raging alcoholic yeah and they are the co-authors of this book not through malicious intent but just you know they just wanted to write a fantastic book on how to hypnotize so there's, I'm not saying that's how it happened. Just putting it out there as a theory. It's good. That's a theory. If you've got a theory, please, uh, you know, find us on uh, Twitter or uh, on Facebook and uh, get involved. Uh, Mike from By the Mash Tun taught us to Facebook, and he we've did. got a page now. We have, uh, which also <clears throat> links directly to our like chat group, the TSJ community. So uh, yeah, get involved on there or on Twitter, and uh, yeah, tell us what you think and about. Um, what Bugs said to Elmer. Yes, yeah. Because like, that, that that is the big mystery today, yeah. I think. I uh, know. I mean, I, I I think it's been a good one for ongoing mysteries. Yeah, no, it has. But uh, right now, though, I think it's time to get down to some more serious business. Take a look in the Porky Piggy Bank. Uh, let's go give it a rattle. And it proper rattles now. So here we are at the Porky Piggy Bank, and it's definitely rattling, which is good. It's good. Thank you to all of you to, who've uh, who bought tickets uh, for the live show, 
Uh, it's really helping us out. Yeah, it and really uh, is. we're really looking forward to it now. So I know. Like, it, it, I, I'm, I'm less terrified that no one's going to be there now. It's two weeks from today, so it it's going to be on the 13th of June at the Pavilion in Reading, and we're going to be showing Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which and is then, great in it, and of itself. It is. It's that's going to be fantastic. And then, then we're going to do a live version of this sort of thing. Yeah, and you can you can uh, get involved. We'll have uh, mics out for the audience. Uh, compare fellow yeah. running around like you can ask us questions you can look at us you can blink you can not look at us <laughs> you know there's there's many, <laughs> there's options, many options that options, you can do but it would allow you to get involved in the discussion it uh, will. and uh otherwise we'll just ramble and you know although that's fun for us like we'd really like to hear some of your theories and queries so uh that's on the 13th of june at seven o'clock at the pavilion in reading uh tickets are available for three pounds from either kaiju.fm slash live uh, or from the Nags Head, which is the pub uh, directly across the road from the venue. So just, just ask them over the bar. Yeah, which is really helpful. And uh, yeah, by the then. They'll also be available on the door, probably for a little bit more. Not a lot, though. It'll still be dirt cheap. Yes, yeah. But I mean, the, the, the thing is that we do this for you guys and for us a little bit, but mostly for you guys, you know, because we know there's people out there listening and we know there's people out there listening on iTunes and various other places. And, you know, we do this for you so you can help us out a little bit by just, you know, maybe leaving us a review, maybe just rating us on wherever you happen to listen to your podcasts. Yeah. Leaving us a review on iTunes is so helpful. Yeah, very I, helpful. Like, I, I cannot I cannot overstate it enough. No. Like it like if you give us a review on iTunes, it increases our visibility a lot. Uh like currently uh we don't crop up on their sort of No. Uh, we don't have enough reviews to warrant a rating. A yet. rating. Yeah, so like, please, uh, if you listen to the show, enjoy the show, please just take a minute of your time just to leave us a quick review on iTunes um, because that that really helps. And, and so that's much. even if you don't even if you don't listen particularly on iTunes, if you listen to us through the browser on but Kaiju, if you have iTunes. Yeah, if 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 you have it, then yeah, just leave us a review because it really helps gets our visibility right up there, which yeah. helps because then you have more people to talk to about it. But apart from that, thank you so much for listening and sticking with us through this stupid project. Uh, it means a lot to us. Yeah, and uh, we're nearly halfway. Yeah, and uh, I imagine at this point you want to watch some cartoons, and so do uh, we. Yeah, I want to watch some cartoons. So uh, yeah, let's, let's get back do that. to that. How much do you like beer? Do you drink it? Do you ponder it? We like great beer so much that we brew it. Maybe you do too, or are curious about the process and ingredients involved, or maybe you just want to hear people talk about it. Come and join us. Buy the mash tun. A fortnightly beer and brewing podcast by a couple of nerds where we brew some beer, drink some beer, and have a nice little chat about beer. You can find us on kaiju.fm or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search for By the Mash Tone. Crack open a brew. Okay, we're back with our good pink boy. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since we've seen him. Uh, yeah. I mean, not since he got kicked out of his house by uh, Sylvester, Sylvester and, his and his mates. Yeah. That was, that, that was an interesting episode. It'll be interesting to see what's going on here because it's called Mouse Menace. Yeah. So I'm wondering whether or not, like, Sylvester's kicked him out. Porky's then went somewhere else. And now he's got a mouse problem. He's had he, a mouse problem before. Yeah. Is, do you think he's going to call Sylvester and go, look, mate, look. What I know we've had our differences in the past. Could you come on down and help us out? Well, let's see what happens in uh, Mouse Menace. Uh, it's a Porky Pig number. So I presume there's no Sylvester because it's just Porky yeah, listed here. It does here. just say Porky. Uh, 
So it's Mouse Menace from November 2nd, 1946. Let's look right at it. Go on then. Okay, so Porky's got another mouse problem. Different house. Now, the episode mainly revolves around Porky taking increased measures uh, to try and deal with a mouse in his house until he builds a robot cat, Yeah, which, like, gives the mouse a run for his money. But in the end, the mouse still emerges the victor. That's the broad strokes of it. Now, before we start, I want to ask, do we think this is Porky the Fourth? I don't... I couldn't see why not. Well, but... l- l- let me ask you this question. Okay. Which Porky Pig... And we've got more than two to talk about because yeah. there's also all the people who lived in Porkytopia. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's um, true. But, wh- but I'm going to just keep it down to two for this question, yeah. just for simplicity. Which Porky Pig is more likely to have a house full of dynamite, nitroglycerin, an ICBM, <laughs> and the parts to make a killer robot? Is it... Beloved actor and, you know, childlike ragamuffin Porky the Fourth, or is it former despotic leader of the, you know, the nation Porkytopia, Porky the Third? Now, that's a good point. It's probably Porky the Third. <laughs> <laughs> because the mouse lives in a hole, right? Yeah. And is the it- only stuff inside his hole is stuff that he could have got in there, right? It's yeah. di- it sticks of dynamite, bottle of night. Yeah, like so he's got that in there like he's definitely sends the first cat out on a full-size rocket yes so yeah, yeah. i'm I'm going with it's either you see i don't know that i think it's porky the third but i wouldn't be surprised if it was a higher up in that well i mean the thing is is um state porky porky the third did have a travel power which, which, as far as I can remember, we haven't seen Porky the Fourth demonstrate yet. Was it definitely and Porky the Third, the travel power? I'm fairly certain it was. I, I think I, it's reasonably. I think it's more recent than that. I don't but know. I might be wrong because this travel power was essentially if Porky needed something, he could immediately go to the shops and spend it because it was uh, the the fiscal irresponsibility. Oh, yeah, um, of Porky the Third, which kind of gave rise to this so he seems to have this ability to basically stand at the door and go i need something and just go out and immediately come back with exactly the thing that he requires which probably explains why he has things like you know giant rockets but he also comes back this time and says um i was slowed down i was slowed down flat tire so it means he does take normal means of transport Ah, no he just said uh, slowed down because of a flat tire not necessarily his but, so you're saying he, he goes on foot via Bay's traffic law? Uh, well, yeah, but I mean... Because like, he's moving quite fast. He yeah. doesn't be going down the like, pavement. Like, like, like if the Flash was out running about and there was a car stopped in the middle of the road... Oh, running about. <laughs> and, and, and there was a car stopped in the middle of the road because of a flat tyre, he would have to go around it. And that would be a lot... Would he for him, a go lot around longer. It, or would he help him fix the flat tyre? Depends what he was going to do. And if he was going out and trying to buy a cat to kill a mouse, I think he'd probably go around you see i know oh, if- see the flash is a good guy <laughs> yeah. uh, he'd probably stop and help <laughs> yeah but he'd be done in a flash well that's so, true you know but yeah like yeah i really think when that power materialized we were post porkytopia mm. it doesn't seem that long ago no but, but i can't uh, not think a lot exactly does, the context though. context where it happened so yeah I, I'm, I'm struggling I, yeah I, I, I think we'd probably have to go back 
um, and revisit a couple of them. But I'm fairly certain it's a Porky the Third power. But either way, either way. I, I'm fairly certain this is this is Porky the Third. Um, based or, or a higher up in or higher up the, in Porkytopia. Yeah, like his chief is you know is like some sort of chief engineer. Yes, right. Because you know we never saw Porky the Third really demonstrate any mechanical or like uh, technical prowess. No. Whereas this Porky could build a robot. Built a robot. Yeah. It was pretty good as well. A very, very, very functional. Very advanced robot. Yes. Yeah, it was It was pretty impressive. Um, the, the mouse has a chart in its house um, of confirmed kills and possible kills for cats. He's quite honourable about it as well because he, he deals is. with a few. So there's the first cat. Yeah, launches and it away on the rocket. that got chalked up. Yeah. The second cat the is mountain, mountain lion. lion. Yeah. He still chalks that up as one. Yeah, yeah. Which is nice. He doesn't go bonus points. Yeah, mountain oh, lion. it was a big one. I love it's that. It's like, it doesn't matter. Cat. Yeah. The third one is like a like a mafia cat. I think he's probably a part of the same gang that Sniffles is now involved with somehow. Yes, yeah. Um, in that tavern. But like, he comes in, he moseys in, he gets, he opens his, uh, his uh, guitar case and gets... Um, gets out all his implements of mouse of destruction. Yeah. Then he waits outside the mouse's hole and he rolls a bowling ball out of the clock above him and the bowling ball lands on the cat's head and falls off and then the cat basically just packs all his shit he up. Does, he does everything he did but in reverse. Walks out backwards. He's just like, nope, not doing with this. But what I like about this, mouse didn't chalk that one up. No, he didn't. He was, and he, he, he didn't like, even chalk didn't it up. He didn't even chalk it up as a probable. No. Because probables was there as well. Yes. Like he's a bit more... I think he's a bit more um, prudent than Tweety is. Yeah. Either that or Tweety is never... Unsure. <laughs> he's like, never, uh, never yeah. let it get to the point where he's unsure. He yeah. confirms those Well, because, I mean, the thing is, is the, like, the one that got launched away on a rocket could be a probable. Because he doesn't know that it necessarily died. I mean... I mean, it seems likely. But he doesn't know. We didn't see him chalk that one up, though. No, either. no, we didn't. That, that was the first one. So I reckon that one probably went down as a probable. Maybe, maybe. Because we didn't see it die either. But there again, we didn't see the mountain lion die. We did see it roll out stuffed. But yeah, so I don't think this episode, like, has done too much for us, except for uh, highlight that there are still some dangerous iterations of Porky Pig just living in the suburbs. Like, just, just yeah, normal lives. That, was, that, that, that was quite a nice house as well. So there's definitely some sort of war profiteering going on there. Because we never did confirm what happened to uh, Porky the Third. No, we didn't. But we have seen uh, various Other versions porky, of porky pigs that we think were like his decoys or yes. maybe in his government. Because I think, you know, he was definitely became obsessed with his own uh, his image. own art, his own image. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty pretty sure this is his this brand, has to be someone basically. from Porkytopia. That's, yeah. that's what he got obsessed. He got, he got obsessed with the Porky brand. Yeah, he was driven mad by, by fame. Yeah. Uh, I mean... I kind of feel like I want to leave it there for today. Yeah. Um, it just feels like a good length for podcast. And it feels like a nice place to leave it as well. Yeah. Like, like we've, had some, we've had some good questions today. Like, like we've got, what is Bugs saying? You know, has he changed um, Elmer's contract? Yeah. Yeah. We've, like, we've, we've got, you know, who's this Porky? We've got, uh, there was one in between that was big. The hypnosis yeah. book. Who authored that? Yes, yeah. Who 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 authored the hypnosis book? So, was it was it Sniffles? Was it not Sniffles? Who so knows? Please get involved in the discussion. You can find us on Twitter uh, at TSJ Community uh, or 
on Facebook. Just search the Space Jam Continuum. You'll find a page that, like, you know, that's where you can keep up to date with everything that's going on. And there is a group attached to the page for discussion. Yeah. And we'll be bunging these sorts of questions up there. So the questions for this week, please get involved, are what did Bugs say? Has he edited Elmer's contract? Who wrote the hypnosis book that's floating about? What was the reasoning behind it? What, what what was their reasoning? Why? And uh, finally, you know, who's who's this Porky? Yeah, is it Porky the third? Is it just a higher up in there? Yeah, who knows? Is it Porky the fourth? And we've just underestimated his technical ability. <laughs> so, and, his, and his massive arsenal. Get involved. So you can reach us at either of those places, or you can uh, email us uh, at the Space Jam Continuum at gmail dot com. Yep, and uh, that'd be nice. Yeah, it would it'd be nice. It'd be nice to get an email that isn't just from like a company. Otherwise, uh, head down to the live show. In fact, also head down to the live show. Definitely. Do you know what? Do both things. Yeah, even if you don't write a question, buy a ticket and come see the live show. Yeah, because there'll be questions. questions. Ask the the questions directly to our faces then and there. So that's on the 13th of June uh, at the Pavilion in Reading. It starts at 7 o'clock. You can get tickets at kaiju.fm slash live or over the bar at the Nags Head in Reading uh, for £3. Uh, You'll also be able to get them on the door, but they'll be a little bit more expensive. Slightly more expensive. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll probably see you next week. Well, yeah, we won't see you. So. We'll just know we're, you're there. We will talk we'll at you know next you're week. We'll know you're there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk creepy. at you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.